This morning, uh, I'm just very glad that we can learn the Word of God together. I'm going to do a bit of teaching, um, but more than that, uh, we want to look into the Word of God, um, and it's going to be a good time of learning. Amen? All right, let me just set this up. Now, a lot of times, when we go through challenge, challenges, when we go through difficult times, especially in this pandemic, right, we begin to feel shaken. Um, we feel shaken about what we believe and God, where is the end of tunnel? Um, and throughout this, right, I, I don't know if you ever ask yourself this question, what can I do? My children ask this question to me all the time, you know, what can I do, what can I do? So, I believe today, this morning, the sermon is for us because I'm going to talk about godly wisdom. That in this season, we want to ask God to give us His wisdom. We want to ask God to show us His will for us. If you have a Bible, would you turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 31. Okay, it's quite a long passage, and I want to take some time to read slowly. The Bible says, the Word of God says here, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know Him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standard. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth but god chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise god chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong god chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify things that are so that no one may boast before him it is because of him that you are in christ jesus who has become for us wisdom from god that is our righteousness holiness and redemption Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I want to talk about the wisdom of God this morning. Because there is a big difference between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. I think growing up, our parents, the people that we love, always hope that we can be wiser. We can be more intelligent 
That's why we are sent to schools, colleges, universities to gain knowledge. But the Bible says here something very interesting. It says that God, His foolishness, that means, right, if God has a range, okay, of His, of his intelligence, even the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. All right. I'd like to just share screen. Um, the wisdom, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So what we need to seek today is not human wisdom, but godly wisdom. Because godly wisdom is above human wisdom. Meaning if you have a range here, that even the highest of human wisdom is still lower than the foolishness of God. So today, we want to understand that what we want to seek is godly wisdom. Now, so today, friends, we need to understand that God, through Jesus Christ, showed us what the wisdom of God is. When human, we think that we can reach God, we can find success, meaning, significance. But the Bible says that God uses what man thinks is foolish to use that weak things to fulfill the purpose of God, to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly things to use so that no one can boast before Him because Jesus is the wisdom of God. Today, let's not seek human wisdom, but godly wisdom. And what is the difference? I believe that it is so relevant for us in this season because through what we go through, a lot of times we pray, God, take us out of this pain, take us out of these challenges, take us out of these trials. But you know what? God did not take us out immediately because these are tests. These are lessons He wants us to learn. So I think what we need to pray is this, God, in this moment, what are you teaching me? Because I want to be good learners. I want to understand your teaching so that I can have the wisdom of God. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. The Bible says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and use better returns than gold. We all know about ROI, return of interest, right? We want to know whatever that we invest, how can it be profitable? We want to be a good steward. But the Word of God teaches us this morning that what we need to find, true blessedness, is those who find wisdom and gain understanding. That means we want to tell God, God, I do not want to see things, see my situation. You know, we, all of us are in different situations, circumstances in our life. Some of you may be looking for a job. 
but you find it hard. You don't understand, God, why can't I get a job? Some of you maybe are praying for a breakthrough. Maybe you are wondering, God, what is happening in Malaysia, the political scene, God? I don't understand. And sometimes we react to it. But you know what? The Bible says in all this, right? Let's find wisdom. Let's gain understanding because this is more profitable compared to all the silvers and golds, the investment that you have. Those things are not bad things, but finding wisdom and understanding is more important. Finding wisdom and understanding through the lens of God, through the ways and the thoughts of God, to know in everything we want to seek wisdom and understanding. When Solomon dedicated the temple and God, oh wait, sorry, one day when God appeared to Solomon and said, what do you want? Solomon, King Solomon did not ask for wealth, but he asked for wisdom. That tells us something. Wisdom is better than wealth. Wisdom is better than wealth. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Do you know to get wisdom and understanding, it takes and it costs you something. If you want to understand a situation from God's wisdom, if you want to really, really have that wisdom, it will cost you something. It takes effort, right? A lot of times, God, why am I stuck in this situation? God, why can't I get out of this? Why, why am I still struggling? Why do I always see the same patterns? Struggles, addiction, unfruitfulness. God, all these things in my life. The Bible says, get wisdom. Get understanding. Especially in this day that we live in. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and seven to 17. For Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. The New King James Version says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We all know the days that we are in are evil. We all know that it's a time that we do not know what to do. The Bible says we've got to walk carefully. Be careful, be circumspect. Don't be a fool, but be wise. Redeeming the time. That means the time that we have is limited, it's precious. And the key is this. When we do not want to be unwise, the key is to understand the will of God. Understand the will of God. Meaning, the will of God a lot of times is not like, God, drop your will for me, God. Today, what number should I buy? God, should I order Hokkien Mee or should I order Cha Kui Tiao? That is not, that is like, you know, asking for like, give me that sign. It's not, but it's to understand. That means the will of God is already there, but a lot of times we don't understand and we want to understand 
the will of God. To understand the will of God, we need godly wisdom. So today I want to share how can we carry the right attitude so that we can have the wisdom of God. Remember what I shared just now? The wisdom of God is different from the wisdom of the world where you just study and you just work hard and you just keep working, working very hard and that is human wisdom, right? That's why you see a lot of very highly educated people can still fail in marriage, can still fail in um, their relationships, can still fail in their emotional health. Okay, they are good with what they study in human wisdom, but here the Bible tells us there is a wisdom of God. A lot of times the world cannot understand. So what attitude should we carry so that we can receive the wisdom of God? Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 to 12. We want to look at what posture we should have. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 to 12. Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The Bible says through wisdom, your days will be many. Wow. It's not if you want to live long, if you want to live a fruitful life, you want to have added years into your life. It is true, wisdom. And your wisdom will reward you. But verse 10 says very clearly, what is the beginning of wisdom? Be that means how can we start receiving and experiencing God's wisdom? It is to have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That means to know God, to know Him deeper, will help us to understand. You want to understand your mathematics? You want to understand your relationship issues? You want to understand a lot of things that you are looking for an answer? The key is this, to have the fear of God and to know the Holy One, the knowledge of the Holy One you realize that the more you know God, the more you understand. The more you know His Word, the more our mind is open. It is so powerful. But you see, you, normally we cannot see that relation. I thought the beginning of the wisdom is to have more knowledge and more lessons, more courses, more classes. No, it is to have the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? I, I'm not going to go in-depth study on, on uh, the, the explanation, but it is that honour, that respect to know that God is God. Amen? To submit ourselves to Him. I don't know if you have met someone that you love a lot and yet you respect a lot. It is that feeling that God, this fear is, I do not want to take you for granted. Even right now, as you listen to the preaching of God's Word, right? 
To have the fear of God, it is to know that it is not Daniel who is preaching, but it is God. You, are you speaking to me? Are you following me? It's to have the posture, God, you are here. And, you know, I, I do not want to scroll to Facebook or, or check out the news, the football right now. These two, one, two hours, God, I want to give you my full attention. That is the fear of God. You submit yourself. You know that God does not look at outward appearance, but He searches our heart. To have the fear of God, it is to have humility and say, God, I humble myself before you. I want to have this openness to you. You know, when you go through a medical checkup, uh, I haven't been before, the MRI or the whatever scan, right? You, you have, you're very careful. I think the medical officer will tell you, the doctor will tell you, don't move. Don't play around, right? Because the, I don't know what technology they use, electromagnetic or light or laser, I don't know, ultrasound. When they scan, right, it just goes through your entire being. That is how it is when we meet with God. God just searches all things. And we just realize, oh God, you know my every intent. You know my heart. You, might know, my, you know my thoughts. You know my words. You know everything, God. I cannot hide anything from you. A lot of times it's very strange. God knows everything, but we act as if he doesn't know. Right? His wisdom is so rich. He knows what you do when you are alone in a room. Youth, right? You, he knows what website you visit. But we can still act like nobody knows, nobody knows. But God knows. But to have the fear of God is to say, God, I submit to you. And when you have that attitude, that posture, that is the beginning of wisdom. That is the beginning of understanding God's will. So, you, it doesn't take intelligence because God will shame the wise, right? In human sight. But the fear of the Lord it is to submit to God. And we can see from here how blessed we are if we have the wisdom of God. Our days will be many, years will be added, your wisdom will reward you. Humility is the key of God, to godly wisdom. Humility is the key to godly wisdom. I cannot overemphasize what it means to be humble before God. It was pride of Lucifer that caused him to fall. It was the pride of Adam and Eve. They did not have the fear of God. They did not submit to God. They think, I think I know better. I think I can be like God, right? That's when human fell into sin. And the thing about humility is this. God cannot give you humility. Do you know that God cannot give you humility? The Bible says, humble yourself. That's why you cannot say, you, 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 the, the most you can pay is, God, help me to be humble, right? But I, I cannot pray for a pr proud guy. God, you know, give him that humility. Maybe God can give situation, right? God will, but at the end of the day, you can see some people, even on their at their deathbed, they are still proud. So the fear of God is really our inward attitude 
toward God. That God, I humble myself before you. I want to have that fear of God. Young people, if from young you can cultivate the fear of God in your life, you will live a very, very blessed life. Oh, that's the prayer I pray every day for my kids. God, give them the fear of God. Because when they have the fear of God, they will have wisdom. And to really experience blessings from God, it's not just about doing well in university. It's not just about learning everything you possibly can learn. But it is to have that wisdom to know how to apply this knowledge. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. I think to say to God and say, God, I don't know, is a good place to start. God, you know better. Your word knows better. All right. I don't know whether you have spoken to someone before, everything that you say. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. So you don't have to continue because they know everything. Right? It's hard. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. So it is to be humble and to have the fear of God. Next, what can we do? Us. James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously. Wow, God gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all they do. If we need wisdom, let us ask in faith. Don't doubt. God, I want to know your will. But after you start to do God's will already, you start to do God show you his word. All right? Maybe God is showing you in your relationship, you should honour him. Don't stay with your girlfriend until you are married. Okay? Don't stay in the same room until you are married. Alright? Be wise. But a lot of times, God, I want to be wise. I want to understand. Then, we are doubtful again. But, 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 we are double-minded. Uh, we got a lot other things that we consider. Uh, but this is that. A lot of times, God speaks. But we give God 10 more reasons why we think otherwise. Let's not be double-minded. Have faith to ask for wisdom. Have faith to expect God to give us generously. Friends, you know what? Our effectiveness comes from our expectation. Our effectiveness comes from our expectation. I realize this. I speak to people. I say, hey, you want to do this project? What is your expectation? What do you hope to see? Uh, don't know. Um, try law. I see how. Then, right, you cannot see the effectiveness. But when a person says, yes, I believe this is what God has spoken to me. I believe this will work according to his timing and I'm going to learn this. I'm going to expect this. I'm going to believe this. Then you see, they begin to be effective because with God, all things are possible. So let's ask God in faith. Ask God for wisdom to find job. I know some people are looking for a job right now. Ask God for wisdom to find a job. Expect, right? Um, some of you are looking for a partner, right? Ask God for wisdom. Some of you are improving your health. 
exercising, living a healthy lifestyle. Some of you are learning how to pray and fast in this season. Let us ask God for wisdom. James chapter 4, okay, the same book, but chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if this, it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and does not, doesn't do it, it is sin for them. What is the Bible teaching us here? A lot of times we talk about big plan. In five years, I want to do this. In three years, I want to do this. Next year, I'm going to conquer this. I'm going to do that. But God says, you don't even have tomorrow. You only have today. Amen? So if you know what is good that you should do today, do it. Because if you don't do it, it is useless. If you cannot even treasure today, we boast about tomorrow. That is being unwise. Oh yeah, I will come back to God. Oh yeah, I will pray. Start today. Amen? Yes, I will love. I will forgive tomorrow. No, do it today. I think this pandemic should really teach us what we have is today, not tomorrow. So many people spoke to me and said, Pastor, a few days ago, I still see this person. I still speak to him. He was all right. Now he's in the ICU. We don't even know our tomorrow. Let's not be unwise. That is why the Bible says, Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. If you really begin to number our days, we have been locked down for that day Isaac said, how many hundred of days at home? Um, Sorry? Since 12th May, we have been locked down, right? And, and it has been more than a year, probably more than 500 days. And you know what? What have we done in the past 500 days? Let's not boast, oh, after the lockdown, I will do this, I will do that. Do it now. I've kind of calculated, right? I think a lot of us here, uh, I think at the average age of our church is probably 20 plus 30. So I say 30, all right? The Bible says if you are good, healthy, and all, you sh- uh, uh, sorry, the age of a normal human life is about 70. If you're healthy, maybe until 80. Now, if you live until 70, right now you are 30. Let's say you are 30 or close to 30. We have 40 years to live. I've calculated 40 years, right? It's about 14,600 days. 14,000 over days. Now, the thing is this. One third of our life, we spend sleeping on the bed. So really, we are left with less than 10,000 days. And every day, right, you wake up, you eat, you sleep, you wake up again, a day is gone. As I begin to look took this, I begin to be fearful, you know, God, I should number my days so that I may gain a heart of wisdom 
Young people, I know you guys are young. I was like you, right? 15, 16, whoo, you know, I still have a lot of years ahead of me. Before you know it, now I am 38 already. My goodness, I got less than 10,000 days to live. I need to live each day and make it count before God. We need to do what God is calling us to do, to know His heart and to, do, to know His will. I just want to share a bit on the will and the heart of God. In Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1 to 2, I know this season we are fasting and praying. We are asking God, you know, to rebuild our nation, to rebuild our church and our lives, right? Isaiah 56, verse 1 to 2, this is what the Lord says, maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keep their hands from doing any evil. Friends, today, if we live our life doing things that we are not supposed to do, that is not the will of God. God says, maintain justice, do what is right. All right? As you go out, you see someone hungry, do what is right. When you see a need, I mean, recently needs are all around. I mean, feel overwhelmed. I always ask God, God, wow, we have already helped quite a lot of people. Should I help some more? Do what is right. Maintain justice. God's righteousness will soon be revealed. Isaiah 57 verse 15. The Bible says, For this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. I love this scripture so much because I realize that God lives forever. He is holy. He says that he lives in high and holy place. That means God is so high, you know, there is no thrones, no power that comes close to where He is. But yet He says, I live in high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. That means if you and I can humble ourselves and say, God, my heart is broken. God, I humble myself before you. Lord, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you to speak to me. I need you to lead me. I need you to cleanse me, to teach me. And we begin to carry that fear of God, that humility. God lives with us. He is close to us. That is the presence of God. That is where God is. And you know, there are so many people out there whose hearts are also broken and God wants to touch them as well. He wants to revive the spirit of the lowly. Today, isn't it great if our hearts feel weak, broken? God is the one that revives it. It is not us that go and see some, it takes some medication, trying to meditate on something positive and trying to revive ourselves. You realize that those things cannot last. But God wants to revive those who are contrite and lowly in spirit. 
And I realized that humility is not what we do, but who we are, the spirit that we carry. I'm speaking to this, speaking to you this because I know there are a lot of people in their 20s, in their 10s, and I heard from a preacher, all of us go through that when we are in our 20s or when we are right, right now maybe even younger. We reach, that is an age, right? We think we know everything. I know one, I know one, you know? You know, I, I don't agree with you. I have my point of view. When we look, look at, go to social media, you see everyone seems to know everything. Sometimes, I'm guilty of that as well. I need to humble myself and say, maybe I do not know all. And we need to come humbly before God. And I want to share with you this verse that has that shed a new light lately. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 to 20. I mean, for you to know the context, you've got to read the entire chapter, okay? Entire chapter about forgiving about preaching the uh, the gospel and you know uh, to whatever that you bind on earth will be bound in heaven but verse 19 says again truly i tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three gather in my name there am i with them i want to talk a bit about the power of agreement. Do you know there is power when we agree together, especially in His name? Amen. And uh, I want to do an, do an illustration with Isaac. You know, um, some of you may know I'm a Chelsea fan. And Isaac is, um, he is more devoted uh, than me, all right? So Isaac, uh, I know you are passionate about your football club, Man. right? Manchester <laughs> United. So oh, yeah. today, you know, as a friend, I want to hear what you have to say about your club. Why is it so great? Well, when I started watching football in my teenage years, they were the best in EPL. Uh, Eric Cantona just joins, Alex Ferguson won, let them to win. And the great tradition and the treble was there on the second year I watched. Mm. So I think they've got a great heritage and they are really good and that's why i love them wow yeah. so actually what you say is just so true because that time i was actually a man united fan oh why do you, you know <laughs> until until beckham got sold oh okay okay and you know i was so sad depressed i stopped football for a few years wow after that when i came back i decided maybe i pick a new club you know oh, all right so really that time treble right mm. wow, i was jumping on the bait same, I was same. like, Woo! and it was the last few minutes, right? Yep, that's right. That is God. Friends, can you see what I'm trying to illustrate here is what I'm not a Man United fan, but I agree with him. And there is this, this connection. Yep. Okay, can you just tell us a bit more? You know, the best thing was when we won that uh, 2008 Champions League final versus Chelsea through the last minute penalty where Frank Lampard scored sky high to the heavens. Man, I was rejoicing. So good. You know, that victory over Chelsea. Okay. Oh. So, what have you achieved in the past 10 years? We have achieved quite a lot, actually. We have changed few managers. <laughs> 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 but I know, you know what? Although we are down, you know, but we are down there, the only trajectory is upward. We can only be, be, be 
be the best. You know, Chelsea hasn't done much as well, so... Okay, I have to crucify my flesh to do this. I cannot agree. Okay. I think, you know, Aww. you have changed managers a lot, yep. like Chelsea. Mm. But I think the accomplishment and, you know, I think Chelsea is still a better club. Okay, oh. this is just a okay, okay. joke. Okay, thank you so much, Isaac. What I'm trying to show you is this. When I begin to disagree with him, right, you can sense that tension. Agree or not? You can sense that tension. And you can sense that connection is broken. I also feel like, like I never speak like that. But I'm just trying to show a lot of times in our family, in church, in life group, our leaders or our members can share a testimony. But in our heart, sure not. Right? I think I know more. Lor. I think I know better. I cannot agree. I cannot agree with what he says. If we cannot agree together with what we can agree, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not saying that we should be fake, but we just agree and try to be humble. Truly, Manchester United is a more famous and bigger club than Chelsea. But that doesn't change the fact that I'm still a Chelsea fan, right? But what we see, we don't have to change ourselves to agree on certain things that we can agree upon. And that's how connection is built. And that's how God began to bestow His blessing upon us. Even in Psalms, it's how beautiful it is for brethren to live in unity. That's how God begins to command His blessing. But a lot of times, our heart is prideful. We do not want to be united. I'm different, I'm different. I'm unique. I know it a bit better. We say that in our heart. And I, I want to say this to husbands and wives. Learn how to agree. Yes, we agree to disagree sometimes, but yet we focus on what we agree and we say, God, come and be with us. We want your presence. We want your presence in our church, in our families, in our workplace. Learn how to agree with your boss. Although there are 70% of things that he does may not be your conviction, which you don't have to be, but the 30%, be united. Submit yourself. Serve as if you serve the Lord. Is it something practical that you, all of us can learn? Just learn to do that. Even if you are talking to your employee, sometimes you know that they have their own struggle, their own issues, but certain things that they say it right, learn how to agree with them and say, I think what you say is right. And as we begin to do that, I believe that is also part of wisdom. May all of us carry an obedient and humble spirit, not rebellious. The spirit we carry is so important. Past few days, I really witnessed that you know, Yong Sing organized a powerful woman conference, but not by herself, with the help of many, many sisters. I just love to see that picture, right? That how beautiful it is for them to live in unity. Although they are sisters, they are also brethren, right? Beautiful, helping each other, serving each other, covering each other, encouraging one another. You know, yesterday, Clara led worship, right? I was there, wow, Clara, I haven't seen her lead worship for so long but no keyboard sound, you know, technical error. I cannot hear a keyboard. Wow, the people are so supportive. So good. They are still worshipping God. They always say, what is that, man? You all don't know how to organise conferences, is it? They never said that. But they just agree. 
Jesus said, we are here to worship God. We are here to open our heart to God. We need to learn from the sisters, amen? We need to learn how to agree with one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. The Bible says we offer our bodies as living sacrifice. That takes humility to do that. That takes openness. If you just read further down, right, it's about knowing the body of Christ, that we know to, got to serve one another, we got to be humble. Then we'll be able to test and approve what the will of God is. Just now we talked about um, the attitude, how we can have the wisdom of God. We also talk about how we ask, that's another A, right? How we ask. We also learn about how we agree. And here, over here, we need to learn how to choose God's will, action. Always choose God's will. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17, now we read the NIV version. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will, what the, the Lord's will is. In life, we always have to choose. Jesus had to choose, not my will, but yours. I think we always need to make wise life choices. And whether you have five choices, ten options, actually at the end, it's always about choosing God's will or our will. And I want to challenge and encourage all of us, choose God's will because that is wisdom. The fear of God brings understanding to God's wisdom and God's will. And the key is this, our humility should always lead to obedience, should always lead to action. On the end, you know, you know, do you know a lot of times when we look at the political world, right? A lot of people mock at them, right? I, I try to bring an understanding. I try not to mock. Uh, but a lot of times, what people say is this. How can politicians be so foolish, right? I'm not referring to any country, okay? I'm just saying, why, 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 should, why, can, why, why can a politician say such things? You know why? Because I'm, I'm afraid it's a good warning for me. Because politicians seem to know everything but do very little. They know, yet they do not do. If you know what is right and you do not do, that is sin. And I want to share with you this last scripture that will really help us. If today you know what you need to do after this sermon, you know what you need to do today. God spoke to you. Maybe it's about coming back to God in prayer. Maybe it's about coming back to God and ask God, repent of our sins, wrong lifestyle. Maybe it's about submitting to God our plans and our future. Maybe it's about opening our hearts to God, ask God to heal us. Maybe you hold grudges. You know that you know you need to forgive so that you can receive God's forgiveness in your life as well. 
You know what is right already. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27 says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, the foolish man, he was not somebody who did not hear the words of God. He heard it. All of us here, whoever that's online, whether it's on Zoom, Facebook, or YouTube, we all hear the Word of God. But hearing the Word of God does not make us wise until we put it into practice. Because the wise man is one, he may not learn a lot, but whatever that he has learned, he put it into practice. Whether it is trusting God, forgiving others, loving being faithful, being honest, being pure. Worship, living a life of worship, whatever that we know, we should do it. I think that is the danger. The danger is not we do not know enough. I think if you come to church 52 times a week, a year, in few years, 10 years, you would have come to church for 500 overtimes. That's not considering other life groups and all that. And a lot of sermons we heard, we remember, some we forget. But wisdom is those who apply the Word of God. Practice like a wise man. Church, I want to encourage us this morning, two things. Number one, can we have the fear of God and just humble ourselves before God? Number two, can we decide today, I want to do God's word. I do not just want to be a hearer, I want to be a doer. That is wisdom. That is wisdom. It's scary if we look at the mirror, we know our issue, but we do nothing about it. Then we become worse than politicians. We must do something about our life before God. We must seek to know God's will understand His will. Amen. Wherever we are, as Isaac led us worship, why don't we just humble ourselves to God? We need Him every season of our life. Thank you, Jesus. And the Word of God says that God is near those whose hearts are contrite and lowly. This morning, why don't we just learn how to humble ourselves before God and say, God, I repent of my pride. I always think I know, but that has blinded me to see your will. Oh Lord, help us, God, this morning. We humble ourselves before you, God. Help us, Lord. Oh, Lord, surrender to God once again.
if it is to call somebody, if it is to forgive, it is to make something right, it is to come go to a, our secret place before you to renew our commitment to you, whatever it is, we want to be a doer of your word. We want to forsake the life, the old life that you used to have. We want to embrace the life, the new life in Jesus Christ. Give us that wisdom, God. We thank you for this blessing. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say, Amen. Amen. Shall we give the Lord praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. So, delight, friends and families. I think God does really want to teach us so much. But that depends on how humble we are. And our humility is not before man, but before God. So, let us learn how to be humble. Learn how to agree. I'm learning, I'm learning how to agree a bit more. I, I used to, people call me opposition party, you know, everything else want to be opposition. I, I'm learning a bit more, especially when it comes to things of God with one another, with other church believers. I agree with you that, you know, I pray with you, I believe with you. So, may God bless you. Live group, you know, when you pray, um, in your prayer meeting, well, I think we still have about 20 days more to go. Always learn how to agree. Whatever the person pray, I don't think they'll pray wrong things. Okay, say amen. Yes, Lord. We ask. Maybe they are praying for some relative that you do not know. Somebody that's suffering. Agree with them. Stand together with them. God bless you. Amen. Have live a life of wisdom and you will be blessed. <laughs>